crowdfunding is no longer a new idea, but the number of successful crowdfunding campaigns are still relatively small. And that's because regardless of the method of fundraising, it's still a hugely difficult exercise. On today's podcast, I speak with Anne-Marie Walton, who at the time of our chat is a little over halfway through her crowdfunding campaign for her side hustle and passion business, Kids Want To. Welcome to Fractal Startup Marketing, the podcast for founders who are frustrated that potential customers do not understand or they undervalue their innovative business solutions. My name is Jared Doyle, and each week I interview founders who openly discuss how they're tackling the seven P's of startup marketing. In true startup fashion, we aim to learn through collaboration and discussion. Let's get into this episode. So Anne-Marie, welcome so much to the uh, podcast episode. Thanks so much for having me, Jared. Great. Well, so everyone who's listening, Anne-Marie is a great friend of mine, and she is one of the most connected and caring and involved people in the startup ecosystem around Queensland here. So I'm super excited to have her on the episode and to introduce her to you, although I kind of suspect that most of you who listen will know her because she's just one of those people who gets everywhere. So this should be really good and this will be really fun. And I'm really looking forward to talking about Anne-Marie's startup, which most people know her for all the other work that she does around, but she's got her own startup. So Anne-Marie, let's talk about your startup. And if you can give us the pitch to what Kids Want To does. Sure. Well, what's really important to me are families, knowing that we have kids being our future, but also that time is hard to find. So at Kids Want To, we give parents and carers customised ideas for instant fun with their kids, even when there's no thinking energy left. So it's an instant tech tool for fun activities that you can do with two to 10-year-olds using everyday items, but away from a screen. It's customised to suit each individual family across their interests, ages of the kids, the place and how long you've got. So we're bringing people together in a world where time is hard to find and we need to work out how to work together with technology. That's great. And it's really clear for me in that pitch, you know, you, you really clearly define who the persona, who, who you're targeting there. So you're targeting the parents yes. and these are going to be parents of, I think you clearly define like two to 10 year old kids. Yes. And these are going to be people who have a desire to interact with their kids more. They can see that there's lots of screens in their lives. They can see that they probably have limited time, but they need, is it the best way to think about it? They need a catalyst. They need some kind of impulse to get out there and go, what can I do? I've got a short amount of time. What is it? It doesn't have to be, you know, a big extravagant holiday. It doesn't need to be, you know, going down the dream world. Is that, is that the idea? It's, it's that meld of issues and the target persona that you're going after? Yeah, it's exactly like that. It's kind of how when you cook the same things for dinner, new ideas are hard to come up with unless you go and seek them out and look for recipes or talk to someone. It's the same with kids. You tend to do the same things over and over again. They work, but you've got to make sure that you as an adult are having some fun as well. And sometimes that gets forgotten. So we want to be able to enable parents to enjoy the time with their kids, but also let them know, as research shows, that 15 minutes of some good quality fun together is all that's needed. You don't need to, as you mentioned, dream world, or you don't need to go out to the movies. I mean, when the kids are older and adults, of which mine are, they're not going to look back and think, oh, the best day of my life with our family was when we went to movie world. What they're going to remember is the fact that they were climbing around the backyard in a treasure hunt and all the fun, different things that they did, which was human connection. 
Yeah. And as soon as you get into that emotive kind of response, it just gets so powerful with your messaging because you start to, as you're talking in my mind's eye, I'm imagining myself in the backyard with the kids and what's going to happen. And you're exactly right. You get that feeling of that's exactly what I want. And what I love about the way you position that is when you said 15 minutes, I think to myself, oh, I can find 15 minutes. Like it's, it doesn't need to be, well, at least in the pitch, it doesn't need to be hours. It doesn't need to be extravagance. So 15 minutes is not long. No, that's right. Up, They're only up to 15 minutes or up to 30 minutes and you're only doing things that you like. So our algorithms go through and identify what's best and how to personalise it, not only for who's in your family but for you as the adult or whether you're a babysitter or an au pair or an aunt. So it's all about making sure that everyone who's connected and who's involved is doing something that they enjoy. Okay, let's let's dig a little bit into that solution there because there's some interesting stuff you mentioned. Okay, so if I join, so so how does this manifest itself? Is it an app? Is it a website? Is it a book? What what, what am I what am I engaging with here? Yes, yeah, so Kids Want You is an app that's going to be launched in time for Christmas for 2019, and because we're wanting to make it easy for people, we've got hundreds of proven activities in there. Now these are activities that you don't need to spend any money on. You don't need to buy anything. If it's a craft activity, it's just using things around the house or it could just be using imagination. Things like shadow puppets, like shadow puppets, so much fun making shadows on the wall, but who remembers how to do all the hard ones? So what we do is we're packaging those in an app so that when you want to spend that 15 minutes of fun with somebody, you can just go in and say, okay, I want to do something with Dan and Sarah. You'll click their faces. It already knows everything about them, your preferences, their preferences. Then say, okay, I've got 15 minutes and I want to do something outside. It'll just go through, provide you shortlisted options. You can have a look at them, decide what you want to do. Then we hide them in a bunch of balloons and then the kids get involved. They think they're choosing a surprise activity, but it's something the adult already knows that they're happy to do. You look through the instructions. <laughs> That's, that sounds like my that sounds like my parenting life. It's like <laughs> you can choose anything from this pre-selected range that I've picked for you. <laughs> That's right. But even though they are pre-selected and you know everything about them, because they're in these some um, dancing bunch of, bunch of balloons, it's got that gamification there for kids. But when they pop that balloon, they oh, wow, you've got to do this with me. You look, it's very visual. We have beautiful photographs that we've taken. You look through the steps, the instructions together, and then you just put the phone aside. So you can have that engaged face-to-face fun. It's that easy. I love it. And in the market that you're playing in, what, what are you competing against? When you, when you map out the market and how you see the world of parent interaction with kids or there's, I don't know if there's an industry, I guess there is, it's called parenting. What are you up against? What are your, I guess, what are the alternatives to this? So we, we've sort of said one scenario, which is on one side of an equation, you might say really expensive, elaborate expressions of bonding with your kids. And so yes. obviously you're the cheaper and the faster alternative. But what else are you up against other than than Dreamworld? Well, it's really interesting because at first I thought I was up against other apps that were kids' activity apps. But it didn't take long to realize through not only testing ourselves, but also talking to so many people in focus groups and individually, that the products that are out there in technology now for children are there for children to engage with the technology through either entertainment, education or communication. They aren't doing what we're doing, which is bringing families together. So what we've discovered is that our main competition is Google. So what happens if somebody wants to do something creative or interesting with their kid, they'll jump online and they'll ask the internet or they'll ask their friends. 
you can go to a higher level where say something like Pinterest, which has all these beautiful craft activities. You can go on, you do your research, you look, say, okay, I've got to get this, I've got to get that, I've got to buy this, I've got to plan it all out. We just make it so much easier. So primarily we're an information platform, just making life easier there. So it's the online search areas focus that we're probably competing with most. And that took me a while to get to. I must say, I, as you said, it, I, I thought I don't use Pinterest. That's one of the only things I've used Pinterest for is finding like coloring in and maps, like mazes. My son, you know, it's one of those activities yes. you just go from one side to the other. Pinterest is great for that kind of stuff. But again, you know, yeah, so you're competing against Google, which makes sense. And then my marketing brain switches straight away and says, so when it comes to promotion of kids want to, and, was, and you start to go out and, and trying to bring more people in, it strikes me that you can use that competition in your favor, which is to say, well, all you do is you put all the con, you put a version of the content out there. You snafu all the people using Google to find coloring in or recipes or kids cooking or whatever it happens to be. And you go, hey, I'm going to give you what you want. But by the way, there's a better solution. Is that, and I'm, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. Yeah. Have you thought about that? Is that part of the plan? Is that what you're going to do? Is it a new idea? <laughs> Where are we at? Because it feels like search engine marketing just feels natural to what you want to do based on the fact that that's also part of that positioning map. Look, it definitely is something that I want to do. I am frantically taking notes and this is why we're mates because I can learn so much from you. <laughs> that's one of the challenges of being, being a sole founder with a non-tech background. It's been a really big learning process for me. So one of the things that I've found most I've been doing is working with people word of mouth and doing a little bit of social media, but really speaking to people to find out what, what's the difference and what's the value we're bringing. And kind of along the lines of what you said about the SEO, I had the perfect example at a quite a big focus group we ran last week with a bunch of veterans, which I can talk about in a moment. But one guy, probably in his 40s, he said, this is amazing. He said, when I grew up, it was go outside, don't come home until it's dark or unless you're bleeding. He said, but I didn't have, it was pretty cool, but we all nodded. He said, I didn't have the engagement with my parents that a lot of other people did. So he said, now on the weekends, when I have access to my kids, he said, I spend so much time going online and trying to find out different things I can do with them. But one's three and one's eight and they both like different things. He said, this is just a dream come true for me. So it's a matter of understanding my target audience best. And knowing, as you've just pointed out, where they go, there'll be, you know, really dedicated mums who'll go to Pinterest. There'll be a whole lot of people who are on Facebook groups, but then there's other people who are just going to go and ask the internet and say, I just need help. So that's where we need to go. Yeah. And one of the great things about the way that kind of marketing works is you actually get to put some of your best work forward. So what you do is it's a bit like professional coaching or anything like that, right? You you give your best advice you can, the best general advice, and there's maps and things. And so you do, you get to actually fulfill your objective, which is to give people puzzles or pinwheels or games or whatever it happens to be. And then at the end, you sort of have that the printable, like quite often these things are, you want to print out a sheet. So you sort of print it out and then you can put the branding in there and you get that engagement, you get that tagging. And and I know from other businesses and other startups that I've worked with, one of the great things about that kind of marketing is you're not going to convert someone at that time, right? So they go in, they click a kid's recipe, they print it out or they, you know, you're not going to convert them because actually right there and then they need the activity straight away. They're not going to invest in an app and research it. However, if you can capture an email, great. But even if you don't capture an email, most of the time you'll get to pixel the computer, which means you're able to retarget that person with more about the messaging, more about what you do. And, and you're building up an audience that you will slowly bring around. And, you know, if I'm once orientated towards searching for, you know, 
mazes for a six-year-old boy, well, chances are that I'm going to respond well to other games and tips and tricks that appear in Facebook all of a sudden. And, and look, Facebook's scary, but the way I always imagine these models working is you grab them through Google, through search, through AdWords, you get them, you engage them once, you give them that one surprise and that one instant gratification, and then you retarget through Facebook and social media and, and Twitter and Instagram and whatnot. And then that becomes the way that you ultimately drive conversions. So I think yeah, it's, a, it's a great path to market it just requires a lot of time and dedication and an awful lot of content so you'll be you'll be busily creating new games and writing new blog posts every day of the week i suspect so you mentioned there about focus groups and so you've obviously put a lot of time and effort into understanding the problems that your target market's having can you talk a little bit more about what those focus groups i guess brought to you and what you realized by running them? Yes. So I've done a number over the years because Kids Want You has been a a side hustle for, for some time, but I know how important it is to get in front of people just because I had certain problems that needed solving when I was a parent and my friends did. I needed to make sure that that wasn't isolated just to us and our situation. So just getting out and talking to lots of people. So I have spent time in kindergartens with coffees and muffins, over at coffee shops talking to people. I've had people in a more formalized focus group where I've had them facilitated. And actually right now we're running a proof of concept project with a Department of Veterans Affairs. We're running a series of 80 focus groups with veterans families to look at how we can better help them engage within their own families, which is pretty exciting. One of the things that we got from that was really interesting insight. You mentioned before about Kids Want To, uh, Jared which is what we were called. But recently we've changed, we've done a pivot, which happens very often. And when our kids want you, because we realize more and more from talking to children and talking to parents, it's about the parents being wanted and knowing that the value that they bring. So that was just one of the things. Ah, I didn't even pick up on that. There's a subtle difference in in who it's for and, and where the appeal is. I love that. Yeah, and it didn't, it didn't cost me too much to get all our logos and everything changed too. <laughs> because what, what we found is, and it just it validated the assumptions, and you would know that when it comes down to, to marketing and communications, you can't just make an assumption, go out and shoot money at it. For us, or for me, I believe that there are you know, three core problems is how do you merge technology with life? You know, supporting kids from an early age for what technology is for, which is to improve your life. So we set out to use technology to ignite interactions, the very opposite to what technology is normally thought to do. So that's one aspect. And then the other side is, you know, bring balance to screen time. So we use Kids Want You as a personalized interface to find interesting things to do with kids that parents like. So not saying screen time's bad, but making sure it's used appropriately. And then the final aspect that we picked up in the focus groups is that there's always a level of guilt about being a parent. And we talked about before about you know, quality time together doesn't have to be measured in hours. It can be measured in that interaction. So by offering customized fun in short bursts that don't take up brain power or energy, that's what makes a difference. So that's what we've learned from our focus groups, talking to hundreds of people. And I love that you've been able to get access to these people because it says to me that people buy into your mission. They buy into your vision about what you're trying to achieve and how you see the world working, which is a great sign that you're going in the right direction is that people are saying, hey, here's access to people. We want to talk to you. We want to help out, which that's got to be reassuring for your for you that you're moving in the right direction. It is. It's still a scary thing to do, but When you have a passion, I mean, I came to this many years ago in 2006. This is when I wrote the business plan. 
I didn't pursue it because I didn't have an avenue to make it a viable business. But I came to this idea because people continually asked me if I was a teacher and they asked me for all the different things and activities and games that I played with our boys and also all the neighborhood kids who came around. So I understood a long time ago that there was an opportunity. However, it's only now that it's become more and more pressing with the pressures on time that Kids Want You really needs to get out in the market even more so. Yeah. And so getting out into the market and, and how you promote the business. So for people listening, you know, it's early days for you. You're very much, you got your baseline product ready, but to be clear, right as we record this, you're in the middle of a crowdfunding campaign and that's going to be of interest to people listening to this. So I'd it love is. to delve into, you know, a why crowdfunding campaign, what you hope to achieve and, and what you've learned in the first half of running a crowdfunding campaign. Cause this is going to be really raw from you because this isn't like retrospective. This is right in the middle of will it work? Won't it work? So I, I can't wait to hear all your thoughts around crowdfunding and how it's going at the moment. Yes, it is a good question. This We're actually moving into launching our second stage product. So we had our first one, a beta MVP, a minimum viable product in market quite some time ago. We had over 4,000 people download that, which was amazing, but didn't work very well and we learned a lot from it. So the catalyst for me moving to the crowdfunding campaign, again, typical Anne-Marie, a few different reasons. One is just to get out there and do it. You know, I work full time. This has been a side hustle for too long. If I care about it, we've just got to make it happen. So just drawing a line in the sand and saying, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it now. By going and running a crowdfunding campaign, that can also provide product and problem validation by saying, you know, hey, this is what we do. Is this something that you care about and that you want? And if it is, that validates those assumptions that I was talking about before that we can make a difference. This is a problem that needs solving. The other thing with crowdfunding is obviously it brings funds. For me, very specifically, I've got a small team at the moment. I'm primarily self-funding and partially with the proof of concept. I love my team. They love working here. The crowdfunding campaign is going to give me more runway to keep them longer until we actually get to that point where we're generating enough revenue that I can earn them. So there's that aspect as well. So how have you seen the, the the funds coming in? Because one of the things, and I, I've experienced a couple of these that I've helped out with, I've never run my own, is that the money sort of comes in bursts. And the typical pattern is you kind of launch and it's sort of friends and family, people you count on and they come on. And then there's a there's a real trough of trough who are in the middle where you think this is never going to work. And then you get an upside, hopefully at the end where it's like, oh, right. In the last couple of days, it gets over the line. How, I mean, it's public because it was crowdfunding campaigns that's published. How's it going? How's the pattern looking for you? And how are you feeling at this stage? And how far around, how far in are you at the moment? The pattern's looking pretty typical. We're in that trough at the moment and it's pretty scary. We've got eight days left. We have pledged over $12,000 in pre-sales already because this crowdfunding campaign also, I should just, that was the other point to mention. It isn't just saying, hey, donate and give us some money. This is to get early access to the product before anybody else, but also to have the opportunity to gift it to others and gift it to families or kids who are underprivileged as well. So we're looking to raise $30,000. i have got in the next eight days, we've got to find more people in the pre-sales to the value of about 17500 So I'm happy that we've been able to you know, draw this much so far, but this next eight days is going to be very nerve wracking. I'll just see if you've got another question and then I can talk to you about how I've come to this point. Yeah, well, that was, that was my next question. I, I okay. want to know sort of how have you hustled this first? I mean, it's, it's a significant amount of money because, you know, it doesn't just come. People don't just, you know, 
casually sort of throw that kind of money around. So how did you how did you hustle to this point so far with the crowdfunding? Well, you're right, actually, because a whole year's access to the app is $25. So it's not a big ticket item. One of the things I did was surround myself with people who know, people who've done this before, people who understand marketing and people who were willing to help me. That made a difference. So I wasn't by myself. So having that team around me and having supporters makes a big difference and then keeping me on target. Then the biggest thing for me, Jared, is taking that step to ask people, those family, friends, colleagues who I like helping people. I, I don't like sales. I don't like asking people to help me, which is a horrible thing to say. I know when we're on a marketing <laughs> podcast, but that's my nature. My nature is I want to add value to other people. So it took a lot of pressure and some scary first days in the lead up for me to understand that I needed to go and say, hey, if I've ever been able to add value to you, I'd love you to come and help me. It's not just helping me, it's helping families everywhere. And even in those first few days, I didn't push as much as I should. I didn't send out as many emails. I didn't make as many phone calls that I said I was going to. And I know the team was getting really worried. And then a friend said to me the other day, he said, look, the more you ask for, the more you can help others. That was just what I needed to hear because I had in my mind thinking that the crowdfunding campaign was helping me get the product to market. Having it pivot and switch like that made me realize that Kids Want You is all about me helping others. And the crowdfunding campaign is going to enable me to help families everywhere. So that mindset then helped me start pushing again. So we started with a spike, we dropped down a bit, and then we had another spike, which is unusual. Now we've gone into the bit of the trough. And as we move into seven days, which is bearing down, I'm just going to have to really start the hustle, the ask, and I can feel that knot in my chest right now as I say it, but I want this to happen. I know we can help others, so I'm just going to be continuing to ask. Primarily, it's going to be from people who know me because I haven't had that big push or spend or knowledge on how to best utilize search engine optimization and socials, and that's something I'm learning very quickly about now. I think for the crowdfunding campaign, it's going to be social media that gets you over the line. And look, for what it's worth, I've, in my experience, very limited experience in this space, the thing I think works well is like it's hard for you to ask and it's hard for people to self-promote and it's often difficult to get a catalyst. I think what you need to do is play on the psychology that everyone's getting behind and this is a winner and you don't want to be left behind. And it's almost like a you want to create that movement. And so for me, I think you just need to play a couple of things. So the reason why often crowdfunding campaigns get a burst at the end is because the clock counts down. So yes. I think, you know, you are living that. So I think own that clock. And I think posting it all the time and getting onto Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and saying, I have got seven days. This is where I'm at. Do a little bar, show where it's going, you know, make everyone feel the stress that you're feeling, which isn't to be negative. It's to say, it's as real. Like if I don't get there, I don't get there. So I think you can do that as one. Mm. The other thing I find works really, really well is going back through the people who have made donations and calling them out on social media through a template, some kind of format. Like you could, for example, use or even a guest I had on the show, Wave, who does turns audio into videos, you know, and just get a template and just and record your voice just saying, you know, thanks so much to Bob who's donated to the program, you know, really appreciate it, blah, blah, and tag them in the post or do something that tags them and gives them an award or calls them out publicly to say thank you because then it's really easy for you to tag them. And so everyone who follows you and sees you sees that they're involved. They're able to share and comment. And, you know, it's easier for me to share something to say, oh, look, love what you're doing, Emery. 
That's easier to do than say, hey, look at me. I donated to a program. That, that's the same reason. It's the same reason that you have trouble asking that people have trouble shouting about a donation. But if you, as the person who's received it, calls them out and heroes them, then they can share it. And then you get that kind of that double hit. And then as your circle gets behind that, what they'll do is each person starts to get behind it and they're like, oh, I'm going to like the other person who's donated. And just, you can kind of, even in seven days, you can build real momentum where everyone starts clapping everybody who donates and it just becomes this movement. So you just sort of, so like you build up all the people who have donated at the moment and you just set yourself at a schedule to call somebody out every two to three hours. And it creates that real-time social proof of people going, hey, there's lots of people that are donating and people that I know, and I haven't done it yet. No, I meant to do that. And so I don't know if you can play on that. I feel like there's some way that you can kind of compound and snowball this, this momentum right towards the end. Because you know, if you've got the amount of money you have, you must have quite a few individuals who have donated. So you think about what that social media schedule is going to look like. It's going to be pretty crazy. You're posting on Twitter every couple of hours to call somebody out and say thank you. So I don't know if if that's something you want to do, but I know when we did the crowdfunding with Power Wells yes. and the guys there, that worked well. People just sort of went, oh, this is a thing and everyone's involved and look at all the people that I know that are also behind it and people who I respect and people who I like, oh, I better get involved with it too. So yeah. I don't know. You would you'd be proud of me then, Jared, because yesterday what I did was uh, spend a whole lot of time shooting a lot of short videos across different aspects of what's going to be coming up milestones in the campaign but also around some of the different categories and the pledges that people can do and that was pretty much along those lines talking about power wells is really great because i was so happy i only found out afterwards when nick told me that i was actually one of their early pledges and because i'm one of those people that i'll just jump on anyway just to help and so i actually did some learning from those guys but one of the things that i talked about in the video yesterday was One of our pledges is to have exclusive VIP access at our national launch party. And so it's also almost a matter of, you know, you want to be there, come along, you know, get in, get get this ticket. You're not going to be able to get in otherwise. And then another aspect is our most popular pledge has been a $100 one, which provides people to get access to the app for themselves or to gift to someone, access for them to gift to somebody else, and then access to a family in need. So it's that get and give. So we're looking at calling out and doing a profile on on all of those people. So we're getting close to 100 people who've pledged and we'll probably hit over that today, actually. So there's lots of different ways to call it out. And now that you've suggested it, I'm ticking my boxes thinking, wow, I really got a whole lot done yesterday and I'm proud of myself. (laughs) But I've also picked up a couple of things that you've said too that I'm going to add to our list. Great. So if people want to learn more about what you're doing, And if they happen to be listening to this, there's no such thing as live in a podcast, but if you're listening to this pretty close to when it came out, you could also probably still race in and pledge and and Amory is going to be grateful for it. What are the places, where do people need to go online to find you, find the app, find the website and find the uh, crowdfunding campaign? Because we've got an interesting name, that's pretty easy. It's Kids Want You. So it's K-I-D-S-W-A-N-T-U. And that's the name of our website. That's where you find us on Facebook, on Insta, on the possible crowdfunding campaign platform, which is live until 12 noon on October 10th, Thursday, October 10th. Uh, LinkedIn, everything is Kids Want You. I am Kids Want You and we're having fun with it. 
And I will make sure in the show notes. So if you're listening to this while you're out riding or driving or walking, that'll be in the show notes. So you can just flick your screen up if you're on an iPhone, whatever happens to be. And there'll be links in there so you can click straight through and and join in the social movement and and get behind Anne-Marie. You can definitely hear from the way she talks about it, the passion. And and this is, it's an exciting and terrifying moment for (laughs) Anne-Marie. You know, I know that you've been working on this for a long time and you've kind of just put it all out there and said, I'm going to go at this. So if you want to be part of a part of a movement, if you want to back a fellow founder and you're not an angel investor and you're not writing out $50,000 checks, but you can write <laughs> out a, a $50 donation, then I highly recommend to fill your soul with goodness and get behind Anne-Marie. <laughs> and if you happen to have kids, then all the better because you're the target market. That's right. So Anne-Marie, thank you so much for, for spending your time. I know how precious your time is at the moment and I've given you even more things you need to do now. So look, I appreciate your time and best of luck with the crowdfunding campaign and everything else you do moving forward. Thank you so much. Kids Want You is all about making sure that We're helping parents do the best they can and helping grow creative thinking and communication skills, face-to-face communication skills in the contributors of our future, which is youth. So having someone like you give me the opportunity to get out there and tell people about it, but also know that in the same way that marketing is communication, we can all work together to help one another. And this is just such a fantastic forum to do it in. So thank you. Have a great day. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I hope we were able to provide you with some great marketing ideas that'll really help your business. As always, if you'd like to support me and the show, just jump onto iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast and rate and review. Those reviews really make a difference and help me reach a broader audience. If you'd like to connect, the best way to find me, of course, is on LinkedIn, following me on social media, or just connecting. And if you've got ideas for future episodes or you're a marketer and you would like to appear in a future episode, just hit me up on LinkedIn as well. I'd be happy to have a chat. Thanks a lot. And I look forward to speaking with you next week.